Tennessee under NIL investigation? Hey, NCAA, leave it alone. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network covering your team every day. And of course, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, we got to get into it. As the Tennessee Volunteers are uh, under scrutiny coming from the NCAA, Tennessee facing yet another investigation. Feels like we just got over this past one uh, that went down with the whole Jeremy Pruitt stuff. But uh, this one pertains to name, image, and likeness and benefits uh, for student-athletes across multiple sports. That coming from a report from Pat Forty from SI. And as Pat Forty said, the investigation is said to be major in nature. Uh, Tennessee did acknowledge the investigation, but uh, declined further comment. They did issue a comment later in the day. We'll get to that in a bit. But according to 40, Tennessee uh, did not believe that they committed any violations in the NIL space. And here's where it gets really sticky, guys, because earlier this month, the NCAA got, you know, they hit Florida State with an infractions case uh, for NIL-related recruiting violations. And you know, then we saw Florida got hit with, um, you know, they're, they're under investigation pertaining to the Jaden Rashada uh, recruitment. And now here we are with Tennessee, who just last summer, NCAA handed down penalties for more than 200 rules infractions within the football program. Uh, the New York Times reported that uh, Tennessee, very concerned the NCAA will deal a devastating blow to their football program, like a postseason ban and the school is considering legal action against the NCAA. Now, the investigation is focused on private flights that involve quarterback Nico Iamaliava. And uh, ESPN reported the potential for the enforcement staff uh, to charge multiple level one and level two violations are on the table. And it, this all goes back to the Spire Collective, which is Tennessee's primary NIL collective. So, um, again, a lot of the details still coming out on what exactly you know this all uh, pertains to but tennessee saying that they don't believe they've committed any violations in fact tennessee chancellor donde plowman came out and said uh, you know that the allegations are factually untrue and procedurally flawed she called the ncaa r- rules regarding nil intellectually dishonest in how they are written uh here's my big thing with this Almost everybody is cool with players getting paid now, right? Like, I don't think a lot of us care. So in the NCAA, it feels like it's still clinging to this old model of, like, you know, integrity and student-athletes and, you know, you should be playing for the love of the game and for a scholarship and all this kind of stuff. And it's like the game has changed now. Uh, Dante Plama told Charlie Baker, you know, like, look, the this is the NCAA's allegations are factually untrue and procedurally flawed here. 
Uh, she went on to say, moreover, it is an intellectually dishonest for the NCAA enforcement staff to pursue infractions cases as if student athletes have no NIL rights and as if institutions all have been functioning uh, post Alston with a clear and unchanging set of rules and willfully violating them. That, that, that's the thing is like, no one's like trying to be dishonest here. It's, it's all about like, and this is where the line skews on name image and likeness where, okay, if a Tim Tebow or Johnny Manziel wants to sign an endorsement deal versus going to get a recruit. But we've seen this from the get-go. They didn't put any verbiage or, or real um, clear guidelines in how to uh, pursue recruits, you know, or, or you know, basically, like, they, they should have said, basically, how about no incoming freshman can have an NIL deal? If they had done that, that might have been a little bit clearer. But uh, Tennessee, again, um, a lot of these reports, the NSA looking into details regarding, regarding Nico uh, Iamaliava, and as a result, their attorney, Tom Morris, came out with a statement on behalf of the Spire Sports Group, the NIL collective that's been ex- examined, and Spire Sports Group denies any agreement with Iamaliava uh, contingent on him te- uh, attending Tennessee. He went on to say the uh, ag- agreement required Spire to protect the value of Nico's NIL rights and specifically stated that nothing in the agreement constitutes any form of inducement to the athlete to enroll at any school and or join any athletic team. The agreement was fully consistent with then existing NCAA NIL guidelines and had nothing to do with recruiting Nico to the University of Tennessee. And here's where the crazy part is. Like, they put the verbiage in there to say that. And and it's basically like, we encourage you to come be somewhere near Knoxville, Tennessee, where this uh, NIL deal will be much more beneficial to you being here. But it doesn't say you have to have to be here. So, look, this is all very, very messy, and I think this is going to get very messy for the NCAA. Um, again, most college football fans don't care. That, like, like, this isn't 1985. Oh, my God. Huge major infractions. This school paid somebody. Like, you know, we, we joke years later about Cam Newton getting a bag or, you know, it was – Tennessee and, and Auburn and, and some of these schools that had the duffel bags of cash or the McDonald's bags of cash. And it's like, it's jokes now. No one cares. Like, I get there's some of the old stodgy group who are like, oh, you're getting a scholarship and that should be enough. No, it, student athletes have been paid for the last couple of years, uh, signing endorsement deals, doing this, doing that. They're not all multi-million dollar deals. There's ones that even you go down to you know, Kentucky, the gymnastics team did a uh, an autograph signing at a local grocery store, and each girl got a couple hundred bucks. Like, those are awesome. That's what makes NIL awesome is you're able to put some money in these kids' pockets. And uh, whereas it's been the rich billionaires for years just taking all, you know, the money and, and profiting off college football and, and, and all the likes. So, um, look, this is, a, this is a dangerous road for the NCAA to go down because uh, Andy Staples had a great piece over it on three. If you're going to go after everybody, like, then go after everybody. And if, if you start finding like everybody, quote unquote, has cheated, right? Like you have, you didn't mind all your P's and Q's and everything you did. You can't punish everybody. So this is, to me, this is starting down a dangerous road where we were already having discussions of conferences like the SEC and, and other conferences wanting to break away from the NCAA and go create their own thing. This is only going to expedite that. And I'm really interested to hear if Greg Sankey is going to come out with a statement because now you have two schools in Florida with Jane Rashada case and now uh, Tennessee with, with Nico and NIL stuff. Like, um, 
uh, is there going to be any pushback from Greg Sankey going, hey, NCAA, do something better with your time. Like, if you got something really crazy uh, that was a violation, sure. But, like, this is just, a, in my opinion, this is a dangerous road to go down. Um, because you're going to find, you start digging, you're going to find a lot of skeletons in people's closets. And what happens if every school has skeletons in their closet? What do you do? You're going to punish everybody? You're going to put everybody in a postseason ban? How are you going to go to bowl games? Uh, our buddy Chris Marler had a really interesting tweet. He brought up that the college football playoff committee uh, last year, when they were coming out with their final rankings, said that the, the cheating scandal over at Michigan didn't factor at all in their decisions. Wasn't even in the conversation. So if the college football playoff committee can look past all that kind of stuff, and they're like, look, we're just worried about the football. We don't give a damn what, you know, what they were doing over there. Why does the NCAA care? And if all we're answering to at the end of the day is the college football playoff committee, if I'm Tennessee, I tell the, I tell the NCAA, you know, leap you, let's go. Let's, we're going to keep doing our thing because college football playoff committee, if we're undefeated, they're putting us in the playoff. doesn't matter what the NCAA says. You won't have any jurisdiction here. So, um, it's very interesting. I, I just, I think a lot of people look at it and say, what does the NCAA do nowadays? I get it. They still regulate the other, the other sports. They, they hand out the trophies for basketball and all the other sports, but make no mistake. Football is the straw that stirs the drink for all the other sports at all the universities. And very interesting times because I think if the NCAA is going to go down this road, man, you're going to find a lot of schools in violation. And again, the, the NIL rules have been sketchy and hard to follow anyway. Like, there's so many exceptions here and there, and uh, I get it. You know, a collective gives, gives a kid an NIL deal. There's no agreement to come to that school. As long as you don't have it in the, in the writing, lawyers can, can argue whatever they want. So, again, it's going to be a fascinating story to follow, but a uh, interesting case because Tennessee, I, I admire them for standing their ground and pushing back here and saying – you know what, NCA? You're, you know, we'll we'll sue you. We'll come back at you because what do you, what do you have to prove here? Like uh, you're you're really gonna have to find some receipts on you know something that we violated here. So we'll be fascinating. All right, we're coming to you from the Senior Bowl. Thank you guys for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we will have uh, some of our interviews with our uh, couple SEC guys. We we're able to catch up with here at the Senior Bowl, including. Uh, Anaya Smith from Texas A&M, Alabama's Justin Aboigby, and uh, Kentucky DB Andrew Phillips. So all that is coming your way, coming up next right here on Locked on SEC. Keep it locked right here. Quick minute here for our friends over at FanDuel. Look, happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel. They are America's number one sports book. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about getting that best, uh, that great seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks and placing some Super Bowl bets. And FanDuel's got so many different ways you can do it. Uh, you can end your season with a W. Go over there right now. I still can't believe the Niners sitting as around a two-point favorite over there at FanDuel. If you want to get in on the action and get the Chiefs as the underdog, you can do that over at FanDuel. Uh, of course, you can bet on um, who will win Super Bowl 58. Uh, but FanDuel's also got... Other bets like which player will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and much, much more. And a reminder, new customers, you join today, you get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Go visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL. 
All right, roll along here, Locked On SEC. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. Come on back tomorrow on the show and check us out. Uh, earlier today, we were able to catch up with a few former SEC players down here at the Senior Bowl, so I want to let you guys hear a little bit of them. First up, we caught up with Texas A&M wide receiver Anaya Smith. Pleasure to catch up with Anaya Smith from the Texas A&M Aggies, and I would make a joke about you being one of the older guys here, but you're not. I mean, Michael Penix, there's a lot of older guys here, but what's this been like for you so far? Man, it's been fun. Just coming out, enjoying my time here, enjoying meeting new people, competing, first day out, uh, doing like the little practices and whatnot, learning new plays, learning new concepts and whatnot, so it's been smooth, for sure. It's got to be cool. There's a lot of SEC guys here, so it's a lot of guys you're familiar with and guys you've either played with or against, and uh, it's got to help with some of that familiarity, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. I mean, it's all good, you know, uh, coming out, just competing, whoever I was going to go up against. I, like you said, I have seen a, a few familiar faces, so I mean, it's good catching up with some of those guys, but now it's been smooth overall, for sure. What's been the discussion? Obviously, you started as a running back, converted to receiver. You've been one of the best receivers in the SEC when healthy. Uh, where are they telling you kind of you translate here at the next level? Is it kind of slot receiver or just kind of wherever? Uh, so right now they actually been asking me, so I guess it's, it's whatever. I mean, whatever I'm feeling more comfortable with, but I'm out here trying to go ahead and get it in with a little bit of slide, a little bit of outside, probably do a little bit of running back sometimes, so we'll see for sure. Yeah, it's it's funny, you know, size used to be an issue with people, but you look at guys like, we were here last year with Tank Dell, and look what he did as a rookie with the Houston Texans, so size really didn't matter anymore. It's can you play. Right, exactly. I mean, I've always been, I guess you could say, looked over because of my size or whatever, and then since I came and did what we did, and like you said, it has been a few people that have have been my size that are going out and producing so I'm just here to go ahead and make a name for myself and to compete. I know it's always you know when you make make a great play it's on to the next play when you don't make a play it's on to the next play you had some good moments you had a moment where the ball kind of hit you in the hand but you, you got to be able to flush that and go on to the next play though right? Yes sir you have to I mean that's just part of the game um, unfortunately I wish I could have had that one back but I'm not able to so I got to just move on um, you know, players make mistakes, so I'm not going to go ahead and say I'm perfect because, I mean, I'm human, but at the end of the day, that's not acceptable. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get to the next level, so I'm definitely going to get back tomorrow and get right. Have you talked to a lot of the guys that have played at A&M and, and played the next level and just kind of what this whole experience is like, going to the Senior Bowl, showcasing for scouts and coaches and all that? Yes, I have. You know, um, just getting in with some of those guys, Kelly Mine and a few, some of those other guys, Leon O'Neal, um, all those older veterans, you know, they had went through this, and now some of them still in the league doing their thing. So it was good seeing some of those guys, um, or not even seeing them, but, like, just communicating with them, seeing them on FaceTime and whatnot, just asking them a few tips here and there. So most definitely. I'm talking with Anaya Smith. Uh, just a couple quick hitters for you. Guys seem excited. Coach Elko back at College Station. What did you think of the hire? Man, I think it's an amazing hire. I know Elko is going to get those guys right. So hopefully, I hope they're ready because he, he's not the one to play for sure. Give me, give me a player too. You're excited to see next year at A&M. You think can kind of take that next step? Man, I'm ready to see Connor Wigman get back out there on the field. Uh, Donovan Green back out there on the field, and then also Ruben Owens. See what he's going to be talking about. And also Michael Tease, a freshman receiver that was um, coming out. He learned the playbook real quick. Noah Thomas, all those guys for sure. What do you? Uh, what do you? What's your schedule like the next couple weeks? Is it uh, after Senior Bowl, go start training, that sort of thing, and get ready for the combine and all that? Exactly. So be Senior Bowl all throughout the week. Next week, go ahead and fly back to uh, Arizona to get back training and then train all the way up into the combine. Well, we wish you best of luck before we let you go. Give me uh, what's your one favorite moment that's going to stand out from your time in College Station? Probably beating Alabama for sure. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> Nothing like that one. Uh, nice, Smith. Best of luck, man, and uh, thanks so much for the time. Yes, sir. Thank you. And giggle. 
Also, we were able to catch up with Alabama defensive lineman Justin Aboigby, a guy who's battled some injuries throughout his career. But here was our conversation with Justin Aboigby. All right, a few minutes here with uh, Justin Aboigby. What's uh, what's all this experience been like for you so far, man? Senior Bowl. Uh, man, it's just been a great experience. You know, just being around a great group of guys and then just being around, you know, coaches on the next level. You know, it's kind of like a, a tweener period between, you know, being able to, you know, be coached by them and, you know, learn new things, learn new aspects and just, you know, have the opportunity to be around teams and, you know, uh, talk to them before the combine and, you know, just honestly just have a chance to compete. You know, I know it's a lot of guys that had invitations, a lot of guys who won this opportunity. So I want to take the opportunity and, you know, just compete against a great group of guys and just learn each and every day and just get better. You know, instead of me just training and working on combine stuff, man, I want to go out there and play football. I haven't played football since the first of January, so <laughs> it feels good just to come out here and compete. Yeah, it's, it's so funny talking to a lot of the SEC guys. Is you know you see a lot of familiar faces out here, but you got some fellow fellow Alabama guys out here. What's uh, what's it like actually getting to suit up again with with those guys? Uh, man, you know I never really had a chance to suit up with Will, but you know I always see from the sideline when he's kicking a field goal or kicking off. But you know just lined up next to Brass again, man. It's, it's a great opportunity, man. It's just a humbling experience because you know. Sometimes you take for granted, you know, them times in college, and you know, you, you never know it's gonna be the last time we get to play against, play with each other again. So just, you know, suing up next to them again, you know, being on the same team, being able to, you know, play alongside them, uh, just work on things together, and you know, experience staying together. What, what uh, talking with coaches and everybody? It's very early in the week, but what are they saying? Maybe you need to work on specifically with your skill set. Uh, I mean, just. I mean, I take everything in consideration. You know, I'm not just one person that just try to focus on one thing. I try to focus on every little thing. You know, I try to get better at things that, you know, people may feel like I'm already pretty solid at. Um, I told somebody earlier, man, if I can just get better at one little thing each and every day, then I'll be, you know, one step closer to becoming a better player. You know, if that's, you know, in flex, you know, doing heel kicks, you know, something stupid like that. But um, just trying to get better each and every day. It's a lot of things that I can work on. Um, a lot of things that I take suggestions from anybody from. And, you know, I never think too high of myself. Um, and I'm willing to listen to anybody. Talking with Justin Aboigby. Take me back a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you were in the locker room, you guys who are moving on. You hear the news. Coach Saban's hanging it up. What's the immediate reaction? I mean, immediate reaction is I'm happy for him. You know, he's gave everything he's got. You know, I feel like, you know, a guy his caliber, caliber and um, his stature should be should be celebrated in this time of retirement. Justin, thanks for the time, man. Best of luck, all right? Uh, thanks. Lastly, uh, Kentucky defensive back Andrew Phillipsters had a uh, nice career there at Kentucky, finishing things off, heading to the pros. Here was our conversation with Andrew Phillips. Catching up with Kentucky DB Andrew Phillips. Drew, what's uh, what's all this been like for you so far? It's been fun, man. You know, you, can, <laughs> you get to go out here and uh, compete against the best. And, like, at the end of the day, if you look at it as, it, like, an opportunity of a lifetime and just go out here and have fun, that's how I see it. I'm out here smiling, laughing, having a good time. Best four years playing in the SEC. Obviously, that gets you ready for, for, for going up against the toughest competition. But a lot of familiar faces, a lot of SEC guys out here, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of SEC guys, you know, guys that we've seen throughout the year. So you kind of already get to know a little bit. You want to go against the guys you haven't first, and then you get back to the guys you've seen all season. But, yeah, it's definitely a good competition. And the SEC makes the best. That's why everyone's here. What did uh, playing for Coach Soup, so what, what was that like? The, the defense, obviously, all the different iterations you guys have had, but uh, feels like when you play for Coach Stoops, you're always going to have a tough-nosed defense. Oh, yeah. When you play for Coach Stoops and uh, Coach White, those guys, they got a defense that's an NFL scheme. It's a big zone, and 
it's so much within it where when you come to this level and you learn all this stuff, it's not as hard as, not as hard as like a transition as most people would think. You had a great year in the SEC. It was you, you could have come back for another year, but was it kind of like time to move on? Now's now's the time to make the jump. Yeah, it's my time now. I gotta go bet on myself. I I trust myself. I'm gonna make it. <laughs> uh, what's uh, been the, the one thing? Just talking with people. And obviously, it's very early, but talking with some of the scouts, coaches, and all that sort of thing. Uh, maybe different skills you need to work on this week and preparing for the next level. I would just say definitely some of my um, I'm a little rusty right now. Just definitely some of my off the line uh, footwork and just getting back to the fundamentals that I've been doing. Getting back and doing what I do best, and I'll be I'll be okay. Give me a quick thought on the, the offseason Kentucky's had. It's been a lot of action through the transfer portal, but bringing over quarter, Brock Vandergriff from uh, from Georgia and some other pieces, uh, it's, it's a new age college football, but very cool that the whole roster can kind of reload that quick. Yeah, I mean, Coach Stoops is doing a great job. They got some good guys, some great guys to not just take a dip. You know, we had some guys leave at some really good positions. But they went out there and probably got better, like good or if not better guys at those positions. So they're going to reload. They're going to be just fine. I always like talking with SEC guys out here because a lot of times it's not just, you know, you go to a smaller school, it might just be you. But here you got some teammates. You got Trevin Wallace. You got Ray Davis. Good to have some fellow Wildcats out here, right? Yeah, man. I, I'm so glad that these guys got the opportunity to come here like me. And they get to hang out with them. You know, it's always good to have a familiar face around. So having guys like Trevin and, and Ray and Flax, those guys are, those are my guys. So I can go chop it with them anytime. Give me uh, what's the one thing you're going to miss from your time in Lexington moving on? Man, the family we had on that team. That locker room was a family. I'm a miss, I miss them boys. I already do, but I'm going to miss them for real. No no, no more horse racing probably wherever you go to. <laughs> I'll still go back to Keeneland and Derby sometime. I'll make a little appearance. There you go, Ed. Uh, Drew, thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. All right, thanks again to those guys for joining us. Still more to come here on Locked On SEC, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. Uh, Stick around. We're going to go around the conference next. More Locked On SEC in just a second, but do want to take a second to uh, remind you guys, uh, we come to sports to escape some of the crazy realities of real life, but... uh, I want to talk a little bit about preparing for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin uh, right in the middle of a pretty bad flu season. It can be scary. Can't imagine a more helpless feeling than somebody you love or somebody in your household needs medication. They can't get it. So uh, thankfully, you'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses like UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, a whole lot more. It can happen to any of us. Go visit jacemedical.com. It's J-A-S-E medical.com. Complete your physician encounter, and it will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com. It's J-A-S-E, and use our offer code Locked On. You get $20 off your order. Again, that's Jace Medical, J-A-S-E medical.com. All right, as we dive back into it here on Locked On SEC, we got uh, plenty of tidbits to jump into going around the conference. So uh, let's dive back into it. As uh, Alabama is out with a uh, pair of announcements on Tuesday for fans to uh, get their schedule set, the A-Day game is going to be played Saturday April 13th, it will be Kalen DeBoer's first chance to show you what this Alabama team is going to look like. So uh, if you're a Tide fan, April 13th is the date to set on your schedule and uh, get a glimpse of what the uh, Tide are going to look like in 2024. It's the 15th and final practice of the spring. 
It'll be at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Uh, Alabama also revealing their 2024 homecoming game will be played on Saturday, October 26th against Missouri. Alabama's 88-13-1 in homecoming games and in the middle of a 21-game winning streak. Uh, Alabama has a five-game win streak going against Missouri. So Eli Drinkwitz looking to uh, turn the tide there over in Tuscaloosa. One other uh, Alabama note, uh, Caleb Downs over at Ohio State talking with uh, folks for the first time doing a sit-down interview and uh, talked about his decision to leave Alabama and go to Ohio State. He said, I just felt like it was the best decision for me at the end of the day. Everybody has to do what they need to do for themselves, and I think that's evident. Uh, He went on to say, I just love the program here. I love Coach Day, Coach Walton, and what the people had to say around here. I believe in Coach Day, and I believe in this team. So, Caleb Downs could be very interesting. There was some thought he was going to go maybe to Georgia, but ends up going to Ohio State. So we'll see um, see what he does there and see how much Alabama misses having Caleb Downs in that secondary. Over at Auburn, Hugh Freeze revamping his Auburn staff. If you missed it a couple days ago, making an official hiring DJ Durkin as his new defensive coordinator. Chris Lowe of ESPN saying that uh, this will be Durkin's fourth different stint as a defense coordinator in the SEC. Of course, he was at Texas A&M the past two seasons, Ole Miss the two seasons prior to that, and Florida in 2013-14. Outside the SEC, Durkin most known nationally for a stint at Maryland, of course, where uh, things did not go well. There was uh, the tragic death, death of an offensive lineman, and a lot of people still bring that up when they think of Durkin. But in terms of um, his time in the SEC in recent years, he's coached defenses very well. Uh, last season, the Aggies defense was third in the SEC in total defense. And um, see what he's able to do there at Auburn. It's um, I, I still think as a coordinator, he's still pretty darn good. So we'll see what he does there. Over at Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin shared his reaction to DJ Durkin's departure. Uh, going to social media, taking a jab at Durkin and Auburn. So <laughs> Lane Kiffin always, uh, always willing to share his thoughts on social media. Kiffin, of course, famously took a jab at Texas A&M after they hired Durkin back in 2021 saying, you know, DJ really turned around our defense here and played really good, especially the second half of last year. We tried to keep him because he did a good job. We got outbid. Kind of a common theme with that program. So, uh, Lane Kiffin never shy to take a shot. Uh, also, one other note, Quinchon Judkins left uh, Ole Miss this offseason for Ohio State, and uh, he made his first media appearance at Ohio State this week and said part of the move to Columbus was to, quote, play for something that's bigger than yourself. Uh, multiple reports saying NIL did not factor into his decision to leave Ole Miss for Ohio State. So uh, <laughs> we'll see what Quinshot does up there in Columbus. Uh, one other uh, Alabama note here from uh, Kalen DeBoer. They, uh, former Ro- Alabama assistant Robert Bala is heading to the MAC, uh, according to Pete Thamel. Uh, Bala is being hired as Western Michigan's new defensive coordinator. Uh, joined Alabama last season, served as the inside linebackers coach for Nick Saban. Over at Georgia, there and their staff, former O-lineman Warren Erickson, is uh, joining Kirby Smart's coaching staff as a grad assistant. Played for Georgia from 2018 to 2022. Over at Missouri, Co- Corey Batoon coming in as their new defense coordinator. He will make a million dollars per year on a three-year contract. And uh, news came out from a response to open records request from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. He will also get a $30,000 signing bonus. So leaving South Alabama as their defensive coordinator to go replace big 
Blake Baker over there at Missouri. Over to LSU, offensive lineman Devin Harper, class of 2025, committing to uh, LSU. He's a four-star recruit, the number three recruit in the state of Louisiana, number five interior O-lineman, and that now gives uh, LSU 10 verbal commitments for their class of 2025, ranks number three nationally in the composite. So uh, Brian Kelly getting some work done there over at LSU, and there you have it. That is the latest news going on around the conference. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. Keep coming back and checking us out, and go make your second listen. Go check out the Locked On Sports Today uh, page over at um, over on YouTube. They are streaming 24-7 for you with all the big stories in the sports world. Locked On Sports Today. You can find them on YouTube. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked On SEC. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.